Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve Barber. And joining me as my co-host is someone who I couldn't come up with a colorful adjective for this week. You know, this is my good friend, Dwaylon Davis. So, Dwaylon, hey, everybody. Hey, sorry, everybody. I was thinking of thinking of something, and I, <laughs> I was drawing a blank. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, you know, like I said, yeah, yeah, this week has been bad. And then, uh, yeah, to top it off, this morning started out <clears throat> kind of weird because we had a there was a traffic jam in my way to work, and I was on a, you know, just a regular, you know, single lane or two lane highway. And people were doing the three-point turn, and I did mine, and I make, made sure there was nothing common. I could see a long ways away, and right when I was getting ready, going straight, all of a sudden, boom, I got hit on the car. Oh. Are you all right? Yeah, I mean, it was a fender bender, you know, the oh, guy, okay. he, um, and the only other person who knows about this, or the other two people know about this, are uh, my wife and my son. Um but guy he was in a mustang you know kind of a newer mustang Mm -hmm. and he was going a little fast now if if we would have called the cops we both would have been cited i mean i will say that because i was you know still i wasn't perfectly straight in the lane yet right right no um but he came and he got um part of my front uh right side bumper and it is cracked a little bit, which I didn't see until I actually got to work. Actually, I didn't see the crack part until um, after work because it was still dark when I got to work. But he, of course, he got in front of me. It's like, you know, he stopped and he leaned his head out of his window. And I don't know what he was saying. He could have been cussing me out. He could have been, he could have been asking me if I was all right. I don't know. But then he just, he kind of kept going and then he pulled off to the side. And so I pulled up next to him and, you know, rolled down my window. And he looked, you know, dude, he's probably um, early to mid-20s. Yes. And, you know, he said, he didn't really say anything at first. And I think he's, he may have been kind of sizing me up and realized I was probably not, he was not expecting to see somebody my size driving this Mini Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and I, I mean, I admit I have kind of a, kind of a rough look about me. And he said, we good? I said, hey, I'm good if you're good. Said, yeah, I'm good. Right. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> Car was drivable. His was drivable. Hey. Let's go. Uh, because, uh, you know, and I was thinking, okay, there was the traffic on the other lane was already backed up pretty far. I mean, that's the lane mm-hmm. I had just come out of. And if we would have all of a sudden stopped traffic on that lane as well, I'm pretty sure everybody would have beat us up. Yeah, and yeah. that wouldn't have gone over very well. It was a fender bender, and nowadays on a fender bender, a lot of times you just you trade insurance information. Boom, there you go. There's no reason to, yeah, you know, have a big investigation about that. And and I'm pretty sure also he didn't want to exchange in, insurance information because, uh, let's see, male, like I said, early to mid twenties, driving a Mustang, his insurance is probably already high. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it's so skyrocket. <laughs> exactly, and the way, and plus the way he was driving, because I mean, like I said, I mean, I could see for quite a ways, and there was no cars coming when I, you know, started my three point turn. I even had to make sure a car went by me first before I, you know, oh, did okay. it. you know. So um, I was making sure of that. And next thing, I was like, okay, what's well, a good way to start my week? <laughs> and, uh, you know, but you know, got to work, you know, and everything was fine. And, you know, uh, thankfully don't have anything adding 
on to work right now. So everything's kind of getting back relatively to normal from way, the way it was. And, you know, so, uh, so that's how my week started. How about you? Um, it's been pretty good. I had, uh, was, was off yesterday, of course, cause I'm off on the weekends. Um, had a lazy day, laid around and watched Criminal Minds all day. So been, oh, that oh that is a that is a good day when you can do that. I've been binging that because I don't know how, but I've never really watched that show before. And what? Yeah, seriously? seriously, dude, I love that show. And now I'm on I'm on season three now, so I've been watching it like nonstop on Netflix. So, okay, yeah, yeah, you got a while to go before you hit all of them. Yeah, there's 12 seasons on there, but then I got to find the other three because it went it went to 15 seasons, but Netflix mm-hmm. only has 12. Okay. I will have to look and see if there's any other way. Actually, I think, you know what, the CBS app might have it. Might, yeah. Uh, yeah, Paramount Plus might have it on there. Yep, there I've go. got I've got Paramount Plus, so it may be on there because I know they have all the CBS stuff on there. Now, I would tell you the last season is like a truncated season. It's like half the, the number of episodes. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it was, it was still good. And Criminal Minds, you'll get to notice that some of their stuff, it's almost kind of unrealistic, but it's still fun to watch. Yeah. You know, it's still yeah. one of my favorite shows. Uh, even though, And Reed is probably our favorite character. Yeah. I like <laughs> Reed. I love Garcia. Yeah. I like just about everybody on there. Yeah, there. Yeah, and yeah, that, that's one of mine and my wife's. That was one of our favorite shows for the longest time, and you know we were both kind of bummed to see it go off the air. But you know, fifteen seasons. Yeah, and, you know, I'd say it had a pretty good run. Yeah, you know. So, well, tonight's topic. Well, basically, we're going to be talking about the war is starting to heat up between AEW and the WWE. Just because of some things that happened over the weekend. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's WWE once again trying to start a war that's that nobody else is interested in. Right. And it's not it's like they want to recreate the Monday Night War and but they keep leaving out the fact that they almost lost that mm-hmm. if it wasn't for WCW WCW killed themselves it wasn't WWE that I mean the rise of Steve Austin and the rock and the attitude era that absolutely was one nail in WCW's coffin but WCW sealed that coffin with their with their own booking and their own you know losing 80 million dollars in one year and mm-hmm. they just made a lot of mistakes that there was no coming back from. Yeah, their own ineptitude is what eventually caused yep. them to go under. Absolutely. Yep. So and ego is what killed that company. Yep. And they had lunatics running the asylum. Can't have that. He had a lunatic <laughs> in charge of the asylum. <laughs> exactly. Who? <laughs> that, that was bad. But before we start, I want to go ahead and give our contact listening contact info and listening info if you would like to uh, do in, any of the above. Man, I can't talk today. Uh, but if you would like to, it's all right. yeah, <laughs> uh, if you'd like to email us about anything, 
you know, show suggestions, feedback, anything at all, really. Armchair Booking Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchair booking podcast. You can find us on Instagram at armchair booking. You can find us on Twitter at booking armchair. We have a YouTube channel. We have a TikTok channel. You can also listen to us on just about any kind of podcast platform you can think of to include Amazon Music, to include Google Podcasts, to include uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, iTunes, which kind of goes, they go hand in hand, but I have kind of noticed they're almost treated separate. It's kind of odd. Uh, but you can find Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, PodBay, Pocket Cast, another one called GoodCasts. That's all the ones so far that I found us on. I haven't got us on Pandora yet. Somebody told me it's not worth it, but I may just try anyway. Okay. Yep. So uh, I believe that's it. Did I miss anything? No, I think you got it all. I was just going to say for anybody out there that uses Amazon Music, it is extremely easy to yeah. find our podcast and get stuff downloaded i've got i've got stuff downloaded i made a playlist of things that way i can go back and listen to the different stuff so it's it's extremely easy to use if you use uh amazon music and on apple music or apple podcasts you can actually give us ratings and please give us a five-star rating and you know subscribe to us if you haven't already you may be listening to us in a friend's car or a friend's uh, amazon echo I don't want to say the name because, you know, she's listening right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> we may have both of ours go off if I start spitting that name yeah. out. But even though I actually think that would be kind of neat. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but you can always go in there, give us a, a five-star rating, give us a review, let us know how we're doing. That's one of the things that we definitely look for is feedback, both positive and negative. You know, don't, I mean, now, don't give us negative just to give us negative. I mean, right. for it. Uh, but if, but we're doing, if, if if there's something we need to improve on, by all means, let us know, because we can't get better if we don't know what we need to improve on. Exactly. You know, that, that, that's part of our own 12-step program. <laughs> you know, admission is the first step. Absolutely. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. So, Dwaylon, the first thing, that, and we were talking about this before we started recording, you didn't know either that the SmackDown show was going to extend by 30 minutes. No, I've still not seen. Yeah, this is, is this. Is it this week's SmackDown? Yes, this week's SmackDown, this coming Friday, is going to be extended half an hour, which is conveniently goes into the time slot of AEW Rampage. I haven't seen why they're extending it. For thirty, you know, an extra thirty minutes. I know they're calling it like a super side SmackDown, but to me, it's like, okay, you're getting. I think it's Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks, which is a match we've seen before. So it's not nothing against either woman, but we've seen that matchup several times. Um, I think Brock Lesnar's supposed to appear. It seems like just an an ordinary episode of SmackDown. I mean, I'm sure it'll be good, but I don't understand what, what the extra 30 minutes is for. And the funny thing about this, because we, you know, we've talked about the comparisons between this and the Monday night wars. When the Monday night wars were happening, mm -hmm. it was always WCW starting to encroach on the time slots. WWF was already using. Yes. And this time 
AEW, they've actually been staying away from those time slots. They've been looking for the empty slots that nobody's using, jumping on those, even to the point where their their Friday night show comes on immediately after SmackDown went off. WWE is chasing them now. Yep. Because somebody had, uh, had said, I read on Twitter, somebody had asked Tony Khan, uh, would he ever move Rampage to, well, for me, it would be 8 o'clock Central, you know, 9 o'clock your time, Eastern. But would he ever move it up an hour? And he said, no, there's no reason to. He's like, he's like, what's the point in trying to divide your fan base when, you know, people like, if people like both companies, then why make them have to choose either one? He's like, we're doing good. In the hour after SmackDown goes off, we're doing great on Wednesday nights. Why make why make the fans have to pick a side? He's like, it's 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 not a war. We're just trying to make a product that all wrestling fans will like, regardless of what company you may follow. Exactly, because when it comes down to a Tony Khan, he grew up a wrestling fan. Yes. Absolutely. And, and the, you think about this, the product he probably watched the most was WWF slash WWE. Probably. Yeah. I mean, cause he grew up in Chicago and they, that was a big WWE uh, market. Yeah. And yeah, but now with him being in the wrestling business, he understands wrestling fans for the most part, you do have some that are very brand loyal, but they are wrestling fans. Yes. And, you know, just like we grew up, wrestling fans right you know and now and if two programs happen to come on at the same time you know we might make a choice depending and sometimes that just kind of depended on what was going on on the different shows but it was a choice of what to watch that which show to watch that particular week it wasn't a choice of oh well i'm i'm loyal to this company so i can't watch the other one it was just who's having the better show week to week is what determined which show I was going to watch. But right. now with, with, you know, day and age we're in now with streaming and, you know, availability of on YouTube and everything, it's like, you don't really have to make that choice. If you don't catch, if you don't catch a show on this night, you can catch it like the next morning on some platform. So just like earlier, I saw I watched um, GCW Game Changer Wrestling. Um, John Moxley is their current world champion, right? And he defended. He had a death match against um, Nick Gage over the weekend, and uh, I watched that match. Somebody it was it was on YouTube, and like, and that's the thing. It's like. It's, it goes back to what we keep saying, how WWE wants people to think there's one type of wrestling and it's ours. When there's so many different kinds. There's the, you know, the GCW stuff, which has the deathmatch stuff, but it also has good technical wrestlers there. There's Ring of Honor, AEW, Impact, and all of these, all of these people outside WWE's bubble continue to grow. Mm-hmm. In spite of what WWE is trying, WWE even is trying to stop uh, MLW. It's Major League Wrestling is trying to get a show on um, 
is trying to work a deal with Fox to have a to have a show on one of their networks. WWE found out about it. It's trying to put pressure on Fox to not have that happen. It's like like it, MLW is a it's a smaller independent company. They're there's no way they're going to challenge WWE. So that tells you the the frail ego that WWE is working with when, oh, well, this small independent company is might be on the same channel that we're on, so we got to try to squash this deal before it happens. It just it doesn't make any sense to me why they don't want the business to grow. They want their business to grow, but they don't want anybody else's. Well, in the WWE, they've actually grown so big now that there's not a lot of room for them to grow much more. No. I mean, think about it. Next week, they're having the Crown Jewel show again in Saudi. In the past, of course, they also had the one pay-per-view done in Australia. I, re- I really wish they'd go back down to Australia and do another show because yeah. the first one they did was great. Uh, they've had pay-per-views in the UK, and they have a pretty good presence over there. Then they have them in the rest of Europe. They were trying to establish a presence in India. We know they go to some of the African countries because South Africa. I mean, that's where I think it was Randy Orton actually did he break his leg down there, or was it? Yeah, I think so yeah. yeah. Um, it was either him. Or I think Seth Rollins also got hurt down there, and yeah. you know. But we know they have a pretty good fan base down in South Africa. They, of course, you know, Japan has its own wrestling, but I mean, they welcome the WWE. Uh, yeah. They don't. Well, they don't welcome for very long. They're like, all right, come to your show. All right, you can yeah. now. <laughs> now get out yeah now get out you know so and you know so they're they are all over the place and not all the other companies can necessarily say they actually have that big of a footprint everywhere exactly most of these places have have a footprint in the united states and japan and mexico yeah most a little bit the, a little bit of canada now a little bit of canada but yeah most of the like ring of honor impact AEW, and then the smaller independent companies like MLW, PWG, thing, uh, places like that, their footprint is a whole lot smaller. So it's like, it's kind of like the other day I was watching uh, Godfather Part Two, and there was a line in it that reminds me of Vince McMahon. Um, Tom Hagen was asking Michael Corleone, do you have uh, do you have to wipe out everybody? And Michael said, I don't have to wipe out everybody, just my enemies. That's Vince McMahon, except he views any wrestling company, no matter how small or insignificant in his eyes, as the enemy. And instead of just letting them be and letting them do their own thing, no, I have to wipe them out. Because he's so used to being the only game in town mm-hmm. that all these companies have grown while he's had his head turned doing other mm-hmm. things, making, you know, trying to be a movie company, trying to be, an, he's trying to be Disney and it's never going to happen. No. He's so worried about being an entertainment company when your entertainment is pro wrestling. That's the entertainment. Exactly. But, it's like the wrestling world has crept up on him since 2001 when he bought WCW. And now in 2021, 
I feel like wrestling is hotter than it's ever been. People can talk about the Attitude Era, Monday Night Raw Wars and all that, but with the amount of quality wrestling that can be seen around the world right now, wrestling is probably bigger than it's ever been. And that gap is closing. The gap between, there used to be WWE and then everybody else. Exactly. Now it's WWE and then a bunch of people knocking on the door. Oh, so yeah, with AEW knocking the loudest. Yeah, AEW's knocking the loudest. Impact is in line behind them because of the or because of the association they have with AEW, which is brilliant because you have that talent exchange there to where people have other people have other places to go where they can where they can work. Right. If they're not getting TV time in AEW, they go to Impact and get TV time. They're not getting TV time and impact go over the AEW. It it's like it's like the territory territory system, where uh, with the exception or the big difference really being the territory system was literally like an, a geographical area. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You have this area here. Okay. You have like your Mid Atlantic, but right by Mid Atlantic you also had Georgia, and then you also had Florida. And eventually they actually came to some agreements before they, you know, after a while they finally merged. Right. But there for a little bit, they had talent exchanges going on. And then you had the even higher level ones where you had the, the AWA, the American Wrestling Association based out of Minneapolis. Yep. Occasionally they would actually have uh, their, their folks come and appear on NWA cards, like the very first Great American Bash. The Road yes. Warriors were the AWA Tag Team Champions at the time. Yep. They came and they battled the Koloffs. <laughs> uh, well, Ivan Koloff and Christian Khrushchev because Nikita was in the main event that night against Flair. Yeah. But yep. it was NWA champions against AWA champions. Yep. And, you know, they actually had some other matches as well where uh, it was the Road Warriors when they were the AWA Tag Team Champions against Dusty and Manny Fernandez when they were the NWA Tag Team Champions. Okay. So, and the talent exchanges, they did work. Yeah. And, you know, so, yeah, I think it's uh, great that Impact and AEW are doing that. And because, I mean, it is like a territory system, sort of, except for it's not a geographical territory more. It's more or less, okay, you're part of this national company, you're part of this other national company, but we're going to work together. Right. Because it gives a better product for the fans at the end of the day yep just like Vince McMahon who was never a fan of Christian you know he obviously favored Edge over Christian and you know he ends up getting released from WWE goes to AEW new lease on life ends up winning the Impact Championship from Kenny Omega Christian is about to be in the main event of TNA's biggest pay-per-view of the year, Bound for Glory, defending the Impact World Title. If he'd have stayed with WWE, he'd have been doing kickoff shows or commentary or something, but Vince wasn't going to let him wrestle. Right. Either that or he'd be jobbing out to uh, RK yeah. Bro. Yeah. But it's just, this war is, this war is all one-sided because... AEW's winning. 
and not just in the demographic, the 18 to 49 age demographic, which they are winning that. Mm -hmm. They're winning as far as putting out a consistent quality product every week. They have, th they have three hours of television a week and their product is by far better than the seven hours of product mm -hmm. that actually not seven, nine. Yeah. Yeah. It's seven, seven hours of product that WWE puts out every week between three brands. Okay. Let's say two hours of NXT. That's yeah. Right. Uh, every once in yeah. a while I forget they do uh, two hours in that because they were an hour show until they decided they were going to try to battle this yep. new company got a Jacksonville. Yeah. And, and the hour worked so much better for NXT than the two hour does. Cause I feel like with that, the, the hour kept everything. It just, the flow was so much better because it's mm -hmm. now it's like, it's got that main roster type feel to it where, Oh, we've got to incorporate these backstage skits and we've got to oh. do a lot of promos and everything. And it's like, it's like, just shut up and wrestle. That's what we pay to see. And here's the ironic thing. The WWE on the network, they actually have perfect examples on how you can do things, how you can actually get everything done in an hour because they have the old Mid-Atlantic catalog. They have the old yeah. world-class catalog. They have the old Mid-South, everything that, you know, they had all these, all these angles all going on at one time. And yes, they still had interviews. They weren't 20 minutes long. They were no, three, yeah. four minutes and got, they got their point across. They did their promo, at, you know, to the point where they were putting over their opponent, at, but then saying, yeah, you're big, strong, tough, but I'm still going to come and beat you. Right. And they were able to do that. They didn't have to have the, the, the drama build up in the, in the middle of the ring too, because you didn't really see a lot of promos in the ring back then no. always no. out of the ring yeah and when they did them they didn't have to have like i said the theatrics and then all of a sudden you'd hear somebody's music oh great here we go they're going to come interrupt me oh now somebody yeah. else's music okay they're going to interrupt me and not everybody had entrance music right and i mean and yes i do realize i mean it, it is a different time now because that was 30 35 years ago that all that was going on but they still managed to get a lot more done in an hour than what the WWE gets done in three. Yeah. Well, you look at Ring of Honor TV, it's still an hour, all these years later. Right. And Ring of Honor has been on TV since 2014. They've had a television show on some channel, and right. it's always been an hour, and they've always gotten so much done in that hour's worth of TV. And it's like, it can be done. When they had Sunday Night Heat, which was always uh, – it was always an hour and like it would follow storylines and everything, but they got everything done that they needed to get done in that hour. So I think they should have kept NXT as an hour. I think again, raw should be two hours long. Three hours is just way too much. It's too much for somebody to sit through. And because especially there's on no the East coast, dude, yeah. that's the big thing, especially on the East yeah. coast, oh, man. Yeah. But the, even if you were willing, even on the East coast, if you're willing to sit up and watch the whole show, then if I'm going to put that time in, then I need to be engaged. I need to have something interesting to watch, not just 
the same matches over and over every single week. And then you're going to turn around and give me that same match again at the pay-per-view. Right. You know, so, just with, with a, a special stipulation at the pay-per-view depending. Right. right. But even, even their gimmick matches, if you think about it, those have gotten very repetitive. It's either a regular cage, hell in a cell, ladder match and sometimes they'll throw the tables in there although i've have kind of noticed they don't use them as much because i think the tables matches can get kind of boring yeah and okay oh you throw through a table oh all right well that's it yeah. <laughs> you know? 20 minutes watching two guys try to throw each other into a table and they're just throwing the table out of the way so nobody gets put through it and it's like it's just boring after a while and it's like, I feel like all these stipulations too, like they need to get rid of the TLC pay-per-view, mm-hmm. get rid of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, mm-hmm. the election chamber. None of those should have had their own pay-per-views. Those matches were designed to be feud enders. Well, Elimination Chamber, actually, I don't mind that one because that one to me is similar to Money in the Bank or the Royal Rumble because uh, you have all these people in there and it's an elimination style match. Yeah, I mean that's that's true. I just feel like they over the years they've kind of they've kind of watered it down. Like one year they had the tag team titles defended inside the chamber. And so yeah, that, yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, you know, and it's like it would be better if they put people in the match to give the illusion that oh any of these six people could walk out with the title. But a lot of times in the Elimination Chamber match, they give you three main eventers and then two, you know, upper mid-card guys that you know aren't going to win. So it's like you're just waiting for them to get eliminated to get to the main event guys. And it's like, you know... The gimmicks are just WWE's gimmicks have gotten very overused over the years. And I will say though, one of my one of the funniest moments ever in one of those matches was it was one of the women's ones when Miss Bliss don't want to say the first name <laughs> yeah when when she was in there and you know they went and yeah, 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 the lights lit up and then boom yeah. her door opened she opened it up. And jumped out, and there's Nia Jax. She jumped right back in and closed the door. She's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> She's no, like, "No!" no. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh at that. Uh, I mean, they've had some great ones, but it's like either make it make it mean something. Either have you know, either have it have WrestleMania implications. Because right. some years they do it that way, and then some years they're just throwaway matches on a B pay per view. So and, it's like and that should ne- that match should never be a thrower match ever. And it's like either because one year they had the tag titles, the intercontinental title, and the WWE title all defended in the elimination chamber. Yeah, see that's and too much. Yeah, that's way too much. I feel like even two world title matches inside the chamber or it's it's too much because then it's like everything in between because they usually have one that opens it and one that closes so everything in between has got to be rushed mm-hmm. in order to give enough time for the two world title matches so everybody in between 
is getting, you know, five, six minutes a match. Um, one thing they could do, and we've kind of gone, gone off the subject of the war, but, uh, but I think this is actually worth it. You know how the rumble, if you win that, you get, you automatically get a world title match of your choice at WrestleMania. Yeah. You know, and that when when they added that in 1993, uh, as because people were probably losing interest in the Rumble, uh, you know, now the year prior to that, of course, Flair winning the world title in the Rumble, right? Maybe then somebody went, hey, you know what? Maybe that's a good idea to get people to watch it again because the two years prior to Flair uh, winning, it was just Hogan just winning the Rumble. Yeah, Ooh. you know, yeah, there, was, there was no stakes. So there was no like, stakes, and. Yeah. And now, granted, the one in, when he won in '91, that WrestleMania, he did go against Sergeant Slaughter, but that was just a coincidence. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, one of the things they could do with the Elimination Chamber, you win Elimination Chamber. Now, granted, I know it's only six people, but Money in the Bank's also only like, what, six or eight people? Yeah. If you win the Elimination Chamber, you automatically get a world title shot at SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to me, that makes sense. And have a men's rumble, have a women's rumble. Boom. There you go. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, or elimination chamber. Sorry. They do have a men and women's rumble now and that do the same thing with elimination chamber, you know, but forget having, like you said, they're going to have a hell in a cell match at crown jewel. And yeah. it, it is a blow off match. I mean, which is what it's supposed to be there for. Yeah. Um, in which I'm so I'm glad it's not just, Hey, these two people have a rest of the wives and we're, we're going to put them in a hell in a cell. Just like when they put undertaker in a casket match against, uh, Rusev for some reason. Yeah, Didn't yeah get... no build-up or anything. Just, uh, oh, here. Here's here, this here match. Uh, and I'm going to guess that the Saudi government probably wanted it. Somebody high up wanted them to have the match, and they decided to put them in yep. casket match. But, you know, if WWE doesn't want to say it's a – well, before they didn't want to acknowledge AEW, they said they're not worried about this little small promotion – well, now they're so worried to the point, you know, and especially after Tony Khan trolled them, which I think is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember what exactly his tweet said, but it was great, calling them out for that 30 minutes. And for them, though, to then pull, was it Liv Morgan? They pulled yes. her, yeah, because she tweeted something to Britt Baker. Yeah. They were having, and I saw the exchange. It was like they were just having like a little, you know, just a little back and forth, just, you know, like in character type stuff. And yeah, John Laurinaitis called her and told her that she uh, can't have any contact with the enemy. With the enemy. You don't call somebody an enemy unless you're having some kind of conflict with them. Yeah. You know, so, and, that was actually something else that you and I discussed was Laurinaitis. They, the WWE did not actually advance anything when he was there the first time. And I don't think they're going to advance anything this time because he was the one, he was pushing the divas, not the women wrestlers. He was pushing divas. Yeah. And it caused people to not have as much respect for the women wrestlers as what they do now, once they drop the divas title, they said, no, they are women wrestlers. They're not yeah. divas. And, you know, and they changed the name of the title also to the, the women's champion. And you saw the women, they were, 
they were pretty ecstatic about it. Yeah. And I was happy for them. I'm like, yeah, because I mean, these are very, very athletic women. They are just as brutal as the men. They put on uh, just as good a match. A lot of times better matches than the men. Absolutely. They've been headlining the pay-per-views. They've headlined WrestleMania now. Yep. And they, and they um, especially Bianca and Sasha, I mean, we, we'll be talking about that match, you know, for years to come. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That <laughs> was, it, that it, was, just, it was so good. Yeah, they, they tore it up. I mean, and they raised that bar high, very, very high. But the sad thing is, it's like you see a lot of people on Twitter complaining about AEW's women's division, which at first it was it was thin. Of course, at first starting, they were still building their roster and things like that. The entire roster was thin. Exactly. But now they have a really good women's division mm-hmm. with a great champion at the head of it. They're, they've introduced the TBS championship, which is going to be uh, a mid-card championship. Not not necessarily a mid-card championship, but like because like in AEW, like the TNT title and the AEW world title are basically on equal footing. Okay. It's kind of like, like the TNT title is kind of like the world television, the old world television. Okay. Title. I was about to say, that's what it sounds like to me. So yeah, it makes yeah. sense. And so the TBS title for the women's division is going to be, is going to be that same type of championship. Hey, excuse me. AEW is going to give more opportunities to their women roster with two titles than WWE can do with two world titles and a set of tag titles. Women, and you can, this has got John Laurinaitis' fingerprints all over it. Between Carmella and Liv Morgan's uh, Queen's Crown qualifying match. Yep, I was going to bring that up too. Yep. And Tony Storm and Zelina Vega. Their matches total was six minutes between the two matches. And... I remember you had texted me and said, you got to check out Tony Storm. She's fantastic. Yes. And I, and I was like, all right, cool. Her match came on. And right by the time her match came on, I walked into my kitchen real quick. Uh-huh. By the time I came back out, the match was over. Yeah, it was over. Yeah. I was like, what? Uh, no. I mean, that's, uh, you know, yeah. I, I was like, okay. And I was like, I don't know why y'all did that. But then the Liv Morgan and Carmella match, same thing. Yeah. And, and then, Car- and then, Instead of pushing Liv Morgan, they have Carmella win. Right. And nobody nobody wants I mean, the fans have been vocal in the arenas whenever Liv Morgan is out there. Yes. Telling telling WWE who who they like. People love Liv Morgan. She's talented. She's over with the fans. She deserves a push. Mm-hmm. But you can tell in this situation they're going by looks instead of talent because Carmella keeps getting those pushes and right. nothing against Carmella, but she is not, she has improved a lot since her NXT days, mm-hmm. but she is not the wrestler that Liv Morgan is. No. And I actually don't mind Carmella. Unlike some other people who live in my house, who don't really <laughs> care for Carmella. Uh, I don't mind her. Cause I mean, she's always been really good at what she does uh she's the one she'll you latch somebody to her and she will make sure that person gets raised up yeah you know, she's done it in the past and she's a, she's really good at that and 
So I don't mind seeing her being pushed some, but you're absolutely right. Liv Morgan right now is the one the fans are favoring. And so yeah. she should be the one they're pushing. And when I saw they're finally doing, they're not calling it Queen of the Ring. What are they calling it? Um, Queen's Crown. Queen's Crown. Okay. I'm yeah. like, all right. You know, that and the name just, yeah. Um, you know, it it's fine. And, you know, I don't think it's going to take anything away from them. But the way they're trading the matches, yes, it's almost like they're not taking it seriously. Yeah, and it's 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 quickly going back to the women's matches are going to be they're going to be viewed in a lot of fans' eyes as the restroom break, which right. is what they were during the the divas era, which is not fair to these women that work so hard. But if your company is not I mean, what do you do if your company is not showing any faith? It's like you had the women's revolution. You have all these amazing women putting on great matches. And now all of a sudden you still have a, a roster full of talented women, but you're giving them two or three minutes to wrestle. And it's like, what, unless it's a Goldberg squash match, what, what story can you tell in three minutes? Right. And uh, the, yeah, the women, they, they definitely deserve more than what they're getting. And uh, what was the other, other thing? Cause we were texting about this uh, for a little bit. Uh, we were talking about. Um, and I said something about something to be very ironic. Oh, that, um, about Roman being the um, oh the biggest merchandise seller, yes, in, in, of any heel that has ever worked for WWE, and I I was telling you they should have turned him heel years ago, but Vince was too worried about merch sales instead of just turning him heel because the fans the fans had already done it, right? You know, the fans had already turned him heel. So go ahead and let him be heel and run with that for a while. Just lean into the hatred the fans had for him. When they finally did it, now you can see the fans are loving him. That he's one he's gotten to where they love to boo him, but it's it's not in a Baron Corbin go away type of boo. Love right. to boo. It's a I can't stand this guy. But I have I have to watch him every week and see what he does because he's that entertaining. Exactly, and you never know. Um, he could actually have a future face turn organically because uh, kind of like somebody like the Undertaker or somebody even like Ric Flair and some other ones back in the day where uh, even Steve Austin because yeah. yes they were hated yes you wanted to boo them but they were winning and they were winning and they were solid. And after a while, you're like, man, this guy or girl, they are good. And you know, you're going to get a good match. Even if you don't like the actual wrestler, you know, you're going yeah. to get a good match. It's going to be a good effort. And Arn Anderson, another one, you know, people started booing him to the point, you know, where they, they started cheering him because he was just that good. And exactly. Yeah, Roman, I could see that eventually happening again because if he's already selling that much merch, which also means that Vince, like I said, the irony of it, 
he didn't want to turn Roman heel because of the merch, because, well, you got to be a face to sell merch. And however, now Roman being a heel is selling more merch than what he was when he was a face. Yep. And another example actually of that would be uh, Rusev. Yeah. Yeah. Because he started the Rusev Day thing. Oh, people loved it. I have a Rusev Day shirt. My son has a Rusev Day shirt. Yeah. And he was still, you know, and he was a heel when that started. And yeah, people loved it. And Vince just refused to go with it. To his detriment. Yep. And then when they started selling the Rusev Day merchandise, if people were buying it up and then of course they had the whole thing where the stu- the stupid storyline where Lana, who was she going with? I think, was it Dolph? Yes. And, yeah. but everybody oh. knew that in reality, she and Rusev at the time were engaged and then they announced the engagement. Yeah. So killed that storyline and then they started getting punished for it it's like well what do you expect people are going to see them out outside of the ring the kayfabe days are mostly over yeah and i i saw something uh, a facebook post the other day from the promoter of uh war wrestling it's up uh, about more central um west ohio Okay. Right, right, like Lima, a little bit north of Dayton. Uh, but he actually, uh, he actually has some of the the folks from down in Cincinnati also wrestle for him occasionally, and he's friends with a lot of the you know the other promoters. But he's always posting stuff about. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll I'll give you his name. Um, actually, you know what? Let me give you his name right now. Okay. Um, you ought to go. Yeah, if you send him a friend request, he might actually, um accept it uh thomas williams okay yep thomas williams war wrestling uh at lima lima ohio is where it's based out of so i'd be willing to bet that he has uh, al snow appeared at shows occasionally probably because yeah probably. that's where al snow is from huh hey what's funny is the guy that I was talking about uh, last week, the one who I was stationed in the Air Force with, and yeah. then he he recommends somebody. He's actually friends with this guy too. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's so odd. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the thing that he posted today, um, let's see. Um, oh, he said, uh, actually, it's a memory he posted a year ago. But he said, I still feel this way. He said, independent professional wrestling is the only place I know where the pros are okay with hanging out with the fans, drinking with them, making them feel like like they are equals and more than just fans. Could it be taken away more serious because there is a separation? Why would anyone pay to see you wrestle if they can just hang out with you as a buddy? Or uh, or could it it be taken way more serious because there is a separation? Um, But... Yeah, I mean, and that's actually with the indie show. Oh, yeah, and something else. I got, I'll, I'll tell you more about the show this past weekend. Uh, we'll just say it was a really good show. But um, I actually, and you, you know, you see this on Facebook and you see this on Twitter, and now um, you're doing the same thing now, which is awesome. I'm becoming friends with these guys and girls. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, so Claire Octavius Bentley, and he started following you on Twitter as well. Yep. Yep. You know, he and Tiny Tim, just like we predicted, put on a great, great match. Yeah. And I have it on YouTube. If anybody wants to see the link for it, uh, let me know. I actually, Sinclair actually hit me up uh, on the Twitter messenger because he, he asked me to send him the link. And I was like, by all means. And I, and I told him I'd like to have him on the podcast. And he's like, oh, absolutely. He'd love to come on here. So looks like we have a future guest. Yeah. And, and he started following Dwaylon on Twitter, which, by the way, you can follow Dwaylon at fat underscore daddy 73. Yep. And he'll, if you follow him, he'll, I'm pretty sure he'll follow you back. Absolutely. Yep. There's, there's very few people Dwaylon won't follow, but I know the criteria where he won't follow, and you, you pretty much have to be a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm, you know, same here, though. I mean, if you're, if you're a kind of a jerk, if you are, uh, well, we'll just stop. <laughs> there's, there's a whole lot of labels that could fall under that, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, everybody ought to know what those labels are. But anyway, but with these, the indie promotions, like I said, you know, a lot of them, they work together. They don't war against each other. Although there is another promotion in Cincinnati who they've, they've actually, they've actually put on shows the same night, same time as the NWF. So I don't know if they're trying to start a war. I think that's a mistake. You know, they shouldn't do that. You know, not locally. Don't force the local fans to choose, especially when you're trying to go against a company that's been around for over 25 years. Right. And they, they're established and they know everybody knows they put on a good product. Yeah. But with WWE and AEW, and it's the AEW, I haven't really seen a lot of their merch yet, and that's my fault. But I'm going to guess they they don't care if somebody's a face or a heel. If somebody wants to buy their merch, they'll buy their merch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some of the best-selling merch. Well, think about this. What is probably the best-selling shirt to ever come out of WCW? The NWO shirt. Exactly. Who were the biggest heels there? The NWO. Yeah. yeah. And before especially that. When, especially when it first started. Yeah. Yeah. And. I mean, I eventually bought myself a, uh, an NWO black and white shirt. and But, of course, I bought it right before they did the split, black and white and black and red. Yeah. And I wore it to a softball game one time, and I got booed by the other team because they said, no, 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 we're the wolf pack. <laughs> but um, but that, that was actually a fun day. But, um, but before that, one of the, their biggest selling merch items was the full horseman shirt. Yeah, and th- and this was back in the day. You didn't really see merch anyway, but no. they actually had their own. And people, because I remember a kid on my bus in North Carolina wearing a full horseman shirt. You yeah. know, he. I mean, I was so jealous of him because he had actually been to see some of the shows, and you know, he got to see that. I was like, man, that's cool. You know, I was like, I want that kind of shirt too. But well, you look at you look at WWE. It's like heel or face, Steve Austin sold austin 316 shirts constantly all he had to do was wear one on television right and they were selling out so it's like people are going to buy that shirt regardless of if it's if you're you know a heel or a face it's not gonna it it never made a difference to me which side of the fence that you were a, a wrestler was on if i liked the shirt then i bought the shirt right and with, with this so-called war, you know, if we want to call it that, heating up, 
what do you think is going to what do you think is on the horizon with this i mean do you think the little exper- there may be experimenting with this this super smackdown it may be fox sports themselves actually pushing them to do it i mean it could be because i know fox is not real happy with them as far as you know how the product's been going i know they weren't happy with the draft because Raw's main event scene got bumped up quite a bit, but right. SmackDown's main event scene is kind of kind of bare right now. So, which is a good opportunity it, for mid card guys, yeah, but just to prove themselves. Yeah, but I'm sure Fox is not happy that all the main event guys got moved to Raw. But uh, I think WWE is going to continue to try to pop the crowd with all these moments Mm -hmm. instead of working on having quality TV from week to week and working on their continuity and working on long-term storytelling because all of that has gone by the wayside with them in, in exchange for oh, well, that's a SummerSlam moment, or oh, that's a Royal Rumble moment, that's a WrestleMania moment. They're more concerned with all these moments, but I would rather watch an AEW pay-per-view that is good from start to finish than a WWE pay-per-view that is has a couple of great moments and a couple of good matches, but everything else is filler. Right. And I feel like that that's that's the road that they're headed on, because in their mind, I feel like it's like. They think wrestling fans just care about the moments. And not the storytelling part of it or not the, you know. The quality of the TV show. I think AEW is just going to stay the course and they're just going to keep doing things like they've been doing. And I feel like WWE is going to keep chasing them until they either, until it either clicks that we've got to improve our product or they're just going to put out the same mess that they've been putting out for a while now. You know, it feels like the tortoise and the hare. Mm -hmm. Yep. It really does because the hare thought, oh, I got this. I'm going to go take a nap and woke up and all of a sudden the tortoise was running past him. Slow and steady wins the race. And I, I, yeah, they're they've fallen behind whether they want it. Well, I think they're finally admitting, okay, we've fallen behind AEW. Now they need, instead of trying to compete with them, they need to figure out a way to coexist with them. Yeah. Instead of, well, like you said, not even just with them, but with every other promotion out there. Yeah. And, uh, and which is, Kind of ironic that Vince is the one saying, well, you can't run this because that's my area. Well, that's how he took over wrestling. Yeah, that's how he killed the territories. Right. He broke the gentleman's agreements that, okay, you know, right here is the one town that we have in common, you know, because it's right on the border of our two territories, like a Buffalo. I think Buffalo was one of those cities that uh, was kind of considered a couple of different territories. But beyond that, I mean, everybody had their areas. Yeah. Because even Florida, 
at that time, Florida was all, all of Florida with the exception of the Gulf Coast around uh, Pensacola, around the, you know, that part of the panhandle. And, you know, Vince pretty much broke all those. Like you said, I mean, he invaded everywhere. He took their best talent and then the rest of them, okay, I don't want anything to do with you. And now the same thing is happening to him, but he's not being raided. He's, no. he's the one kicking them out and now yeah. they have somewhere they can go. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Or they're asking to leave. Right. And, and um, yeah. uh, the Iconics. Yes. The Iconics just signed with Impact. Yep. They're now going to be called the Inspiration. And I'm very happy for them that they found a place, especially with Impact having a women's tag team division because they were, that's a perfect fit for them. And they were another one that, you know, Vince, Vince split that team up way before it needed to be and didn't have anything for either one of them and then just let them go. So if he doesn't, if he doesn't pull the nose up, I don't think that company, I mean, I, and I don't want to say any company is too big to go, you know, to fail, but if he doesn't pull the nose up, they're going to end up being a shell of what they once were because the, the tactics he used to pull back, uh, back in the day also by him going to some of these places saying, well, you can't show uh, major league wrestling because you know, you have us, you know, it's either us or them. Well, he pulled that back in the days. Uh, was it, was it Starcade in the Survivor Series? Yeah, because Star Starcade used to uh, used to be in uh, it used to be Thanksgiving. the NWA's Thanksgiving pay per view it was around the Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah, and Vince Vince pulled that with them and told the cable companies it's either us or them. So the cable companies went with Survivor Series instead of Starcade. So NWA moved it to December. Right. And then later on, he said, well, if you also, if you still show them, I'm not going to let you have Starcade or not, yep. I'm sorry, not Starcade, but uh, WrestleMania. Yep. Mm -hmm. And which come to find out years later, that was all kinds of illegal. Oh yeah. Yeah. But by that point, I mean, it was too late. I mean, it was yeah. like, oh, well. Yep. It was done by then, but it's done. Yeah. And so he thinks he can get away with something like that now. I mean, and he's getting desperate. Like I said, a couple weeks ago, he's playing on tilt. He really yeah. is. I mean, he's starting yeah. to go all in on every hand and which Vince I've kind of noticed he does things to the extreme anyway. That's why he has all these hell in the cell matches and he has the entire pay-per-view devoted to it and the table ladders and chairs matches because he thinks, Oh, well, it worked. Yeah, it worked at WrestleMania 2000 and then WrestleMania X seven, the people love that match. Let's just keep doing it. Well, no, you yeah, gotta have a reason for it, man. Yeah, and you exactly. gotta have people who can pull it off and, uh, you just can't throw it out there all the time, but with them also having the, they're still having the pay-per-views every month when they started the network, I was even thinking back then they're going to end up losing money because of all the pay-per-views that they are no longer making money off of. Yep. But yet there's still, that's still an extra show every month. And there for a while they were doing two, remember? <laughs> one for Raw, one for SmackDown. Yeah. 
Uh, so now you're running these extra shows on a Sunday, which means you're going to have to uh, logistically pay for everything to go there. And yeah, you're, you're still going to make money at the gate, but you're going to make that money anyway. Yeah. But you're not going to have the, the pay-per-view buys to offset all the logistical costs. Yeah. And so and I'm not surprised that they, yeah, the, they're, Quarterly Dillon show, yes, they're making money. But uh, in reality, yeah, they're, it, for the stock prices, yeah, it may look like they're making money, but I don't think they would have gone with all the salty deal if they were really making the money that they appear to be making, if that makes any sense. Yeah, the Saudi deal, the deal with Fox, mm-hmm. you know, all these big television deals that they got. Um, I know Vince likes money, but a lot of this kind of screams like we need this money instead of we want this money. Yep, because especially them selling off their preferred stock, which yeah. means they're releasing that money back into the company. And uh, it, I don't know. I mean, I think that it, it will probably get more heated. Um, I think as a wrestling fan, and like you were saying earlier, this is one great time to be a wrestling fan because wrestling is about hotter than what it's ever been. Yeah. Um, and it's scarier with the pandemic still technically going on. So mm-hmm. they're not, they're not running as many shows Yeah. and some of the shows they are running, they're having limit their ticket sales. Yep. But the NWF is doing a show every weekend now. Some of the other other companies are also doing shows. Uh, it seems like every weekend. Uh, but and you can see some of the footage from the shows. Yes, they are still social distancing, but they're still people come watch it, and people are wanting to go watch. Right. And so I just I I would not want to see either company fail, but I, I do think, like I said before, that's my um, personal thing. Vince needs to figure out a way to coexist with these companies because a lot of people, there's a lot of wrestlers out there and this was eventually going to happen because if he kept projecting them, even though they're talented, they were going to find somewhere else good or they were going to create something. And this is what they did. They created something. Yep. Well, and it even goes back is like to the early days of TNA because AJ Styles was in WCW like the last year. Um, he was in the uh, cruiserweight division and uh, WWE uh, sent out some feelers and they, you know, sent him a, you know, offered him a deal, but the deal that they offered him was such a low ball deal that he made more money wrestling. And he had a, he had a, he had a, a job and he made more money that way than he would have uprooting his family, moving them to um, the developmental area and taking their developmental contract. The same with the Briscoes in Ring of Honor. They uh, had a tryout and then offered them this lowball contract. Well, the Briscoes owned their own landscaping business. They said that they made more money on the landscaping business alone than they would have taken the developmental deal from WWE. And it's like, what did you think? Did you, I feel like that he thinks, oh, well, if the, nobody's, 
nobody's going to wrestle anywhere else. If I, if I don't want them, then they're just never going to wrestle again. And <laughs> no, people are going to go other places and make a name for themselves. Yep. Oh, well, let me go ahead and tell you about the show this weekend. Okay. You know, go ahead and tell you the whole thing. Cause I was sending you updates and then I forgot my bad, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> The, there was a women's match. It was a, a six-woman tag team match. Mm-hmm. It had Riley Matthews, uh, Nikki Victory, and Ella going against um, Big Mama, Selena Dean, and Breezy. And, you know, we were, and the reason I was bringing this up first, because, you know, we were talking about the bathroom match. Right. Right before they they said this is going to be the next match, I actually stood up and I told Leighton, I said I have got to go use the bathroom, and they said the, the follow match is going to be a six one match. I'm like, ah, I guess I'm not going anywhere, <laughs> you know, because I mean I really wanted to see that match because I know right. um, even Raleigh Matthews and Breezy, you know, and I've mentioned before I saw their very first match. I mean it was both of their debuts matches, and it right. was against each other in a a parking lot match at a at jake sweeney uh, the jake sweeney car lot up um close to fairfield ohio okay you know so i mean it's a good hour drive from here but i mean for my work it was like 15 minutes right and you know so it was on a friday afternoon and it was the friday right before my wife had her uh her surgery okay so um so i i went ahead and watched that because it was free but then when they came out there and Roger Ruffin, the owner, he actually told me, he said, yeah, this is both of their, their debut match. I was like, do what? I mean, cause they were already good. So you can no. tell me you know, he puts a lot of, a lot of effort into their training and he's not going to let them um, go out there, especially, I mean, for them to not wrestle either one of them wrestle a veteran first, you know, it shows how much confidence he had in them. Right. And you could tell, uh, even the other night, both of them, you wouldn't know that they've only been at it for what three months, four months. Yeah, and yeah, but yeah. So that match ended up being pretty good, and it was actually three separate um, conflicts or feuds, whatever. Because Riley Matthews, her and Breezy, they've kind of um, they've had a few matches now against each other, so they're kind of enemies. Uh, Big Mama and Nikki Victory theirs goes back to last March or April when Nikki victory was the women's champion and big mama was her friend. And all of a sudden she speared her through a table. I was there for that one. Yeah. I was there for that one. And that's when Selena Dean cashed in her golden ticket and won the women's title. I actually got all that on video. Uh, I thought I I posted, if I didn't post it, you know, I think I did post I'll, I'll I'll send you the link if I haven't already. Um, but that one goes back to that. And there was the ones they actually, Big Mom and Nikki Victory had a cage match at the Summer Sizzler. And Ella and Selena Dean, they were partners up until um, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, when they finally broke up and they, and they got to fight in the middle of the ring, you know, after Selena Dean had a match uh against i think actually it was nikki victory who she had the match against but either way um 
you know, and Flea Dean, you know, she's still the women's champion. And well, they they split that up, and so the next week they had their match down in Covington. And I was there for this. this. That's the match I was telling Tiny Tim. The match ended in a, in a double countout, but to me, the way they did it actually made sense. Nobody left unsatisfied because, right. yeah, the reason it was a double countout is because they were beating the crap out of each other outside the ring and couldn't care less that the referee was counting. They're, you know title match and all i mean that that was not their point they were trying to just kill the well okay kill is kind of a strong word but they were trying to beat the other one down and that's what right. they were, yeah it's like i don't care if i'm pinning i don't care i know i'm just re ready to beat her down and so they have that going and then and of course they had the six the six woman match and the the good guy you know the good women won you know nikki victory ella and riley matthews and, you know, for the life of me, I cannot remember how that pinfall happened. I remember it was a clean victory. Um, but it was after that match where I just happened to be sitting uh, because we had, like, front row seats. But the problem was uh, where the, the seats that were left just happened to be kind of more of a corner. Well, mm -hmm. the corner is the one where after it was over, of course, they always go into the corner and they raise their hands. And that's when Riley Matthews come in. And that's where I got that picture, the one that – uh you've seen i think yeah. on twitter yeah because because yep. she hit me up on facebook messenger and she asked me she's like hey did you happen to get any pictures during um my match and i was like sure and i sent her that picture plus a couple other ones with her and selena when they were first locking up at the right. beginning of the match. and obviously she absolutely loved that picture of her in the corner because you know and i even thought i was like man i got a pretty good picture there and and if you look in the picture, Nikki Victory is the, the woman all the way in the, in the opposite corner with her back back up. Okay. Okay. You know, um, but yeah, that's when she said she's like, I love fan pics. And that's when she tagged me in a couple of the posts and said, you know, thank you, you know, so much for taking this picture. I'm like, hey, yeah. right place, right time. I just happened to be that's where I was sitting when she came over there. It's like, all right. So but that match was really good. Uh, Tiny Tim and Sinclair, you saw how that one ended. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the official verdict was because, of course, they had. Um, well, for those of you who didn't see it, okay, they had a couple of I don't want to really call them false finishes, but one of them, um, Sinclair Octavius Bentley, he pulled the Eddie Guerrero trick, which, by the way, Saturday was Eddie Guerrero's birthday. Yes, it was. It didn't yeah. even hit me until after, because I actually sent Sinclair a message. He hasn't responded yet, but I asked him, as like, hey, is that the smoking gun trick with the chair? I said, did you do that because it was in honor of Eddie because it was his birthday? Yeah. And because, I mean, he pulled off perfect. He got the chair, slam, threw the chair to Tim, and it <laughs> fell back. I'm like, I was like, okay, he's, you know, he's going old school with Eddie Guerrero here. I mean, that's, I was like, that's awesome. And I did. I couldn't really get it on video because the post was in the way. But he turned over to Alex Hayden and was like, "Like that." Yeah. That's when the referee turned around and saw him because the referee was about to disqualify uh, Tim. And he's like, "No, no, no! This match is going to continue." But then they had the the pinfall, and that's when Noah Gabriel, of course, came out. And he's like, "No, no! He had his feet in the rope. Same with me." Blah blah blah. But then I couldn't tell after that. Okay, because it looked like they were going to continue the match again. Mm -hmm. but 
that's when they started beating up on the refs. Oh, okay. And it got all crazy. So I don't know what the official uh, verdict was. And, you know, so I think that was when I, I was hoping that and they never made an announcement. Yeah, but either way, the match ended good. On the 20th of November, they're going to have a tag team match. Uh, Tiny Tim and Noah Gabriel against St. Clair Octavius Bentley and his best friend. That's what they always say. That's my best friend. Clair <laughs> Octavius Bentley and Alex Hayden um, with Roger Ruffin as the special guest referee. Oh, okay. Cool. You know, so, and you know what? The man has refereed at a WrestleMania. Yeah, and he refereed actually one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time, that being uh, Roddy Piper and Bret Hart for the Intercontinental Title. Awesome, yep, awesome. That, yeah, he was a referee for that, so I think he know he knows what he's doing. Oh yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yep. Um, and you know, I do have to mention this, and I'm actually going to um, put this on Twitter as well because of something that happened after all the matches were over and people were leaving, you know, my son and I, we were walking and I saw, um, big mama who, who actually she's on my friends list now on Facebook, uh, okay. you know, with her, with her actual real name, uh, uh Tasha Bachman. Um, okay. but I was talking to her for a second and, and all of a sudden she looks at, she goes, what the, and turned around. There were kids who were up in the ring running around. Oh. And bouncing off the ropes and i'm like caught me off guard and then i looked up there was an adult this guy he was probably in his mid-20s mid to late 20s jumping off the top rope oh no and i thought he was going to land on one of the kids and then she starts yelling and then you have some other people start running by that point selena dean was out there and she's yelling, get out of the ring. What do you, you know, what are you doing? Get out of the ring. And I even start yelling, get out of the ring, you know? And yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't work here. <laughs> you know, so it may not go so well if I'm starting to yell that. But I mean, I was mad for them. And Dakota Wolf, you know, one of the other wrestlers, uh, he, of course, he had, um, well, actually, though, it wasn't Dakota Wolf, it was uh, David Tyler. Um, he, Dakota Wolf's partner, but he came out. And of course, but he's not in his wrestling gear. I mean, he's uh, just like in like shorts and a t-shirt, you know, I mean, he's, right. and he's, yeah, I mean, he's up there. I mean, he's like, get out of the ring now. I mean, he's yelling at all of them. And the, the one idiot who's, who had been jumping off the, the top rope, you know, what are y'all so uptight for? It's like, are you kidding me? Uh. You know, do you want me to list all the reasons why that's a bad idea? What you did for one. Yeah. Yeah, you are not trained. You know, if you came off there and broke your leg yeah. because you didn't land right, because by the way, that happens to professionals. Look at uh, Yep. Yeah. You know, that, that's one of the most famous wrestling injuries ever that they caught on video was him yep. coming off and he landed wrong and and broke his leg like really bad. It, it, it's oh, yeah. gross. Even I've seen that clip, I don't know how many times, and it still grosses me out. Yeah, it was pretty nasty. Yeah. And and Sid has been trained and yeah. still happened to him. So that guy, he came off, he could have hurt himself. He could have landed on one of the kids who also should not have been in the ring. Yeah. And, you know, so now he's also a liability because he could actually sue them. Also, well, you shouldn't have let me in there because unfortunately that's the world we live in. Yeah. And because then big mama, she starts yelling, you know, where's security? 
and because their security that they use for every event is actually some of the wrestlers who are in training. Okay. You know, and a friend, Randy, he was, he was actually telling me this uh, because he was actually there and he saw some of this happen as well. He said their security, the guys who are training, they do it for one, they get a ring, they better than ringside seat. Right. So they can watch how things are because, you know, when the people are just learning, they have them, grab a chair you sit and watch every match so you yeah. learn yep and not only that he said but um to compensate for them doing this to want us to pay they will knock some of the the price off of their training oh, okay you know, so hey you did you did it for this event hey there's another 25 dollars off your training cost right you know so it, so it's kind of a win really a win-win well after all the matches were over i mean they had all already walked went to the back and now Greg, they probably never had this happen before you know where people are all of a sudden you know letting their kids jump in the ring and then jumping in the ring themselves but yeah. i will also tell them this i'm not going to come to your place of employment and get on your computer or get on your piece of equipment whether it be like a tractor a backhoe a forklift anything like that because that is encroaching on your stuff exactly you know um and i could drive a forklift and i'm not certified never have been certified but i can actually drive a forklift i mean i did it plenty of times when i worked in the factory i did it a couple times in the air force when i shouldn't have been <laughs> <laughs> but um that ring to them you know, if you really think about it, it's to them, it's sacred. That is yeah. their performance area. Yep. And, you know, after, after some baseball games, you might be allowed if you've arranged it before. And if you're part of like the Reds heads, they will let you walk along the bases, but you get to make like one, one trip around the bases, walk and that's it. Correct. You know, you're not allowed to go in the outfield and start messing around. Yeah. You know, not, the NFL, you, you know, you're not going to run out there. Um, and the NBA, you're not going to see them really running out on the court and uh, necessarily start shooting baskets. And but for some reason, they thought it was perfectly okay for them to get in that ring and do that. You know, I've been a wrestling fan uh, since I was, you know, what, ten years old, and I have actually stepped foot in a real wrestling ring three or four times. And all of them is because I was invited in because they were taking pictures. Right. It was not because, hey, look at me. Yeah. And so I will say this to anybody. And like I said, now, I mean, I will put it on Twitter. You do not get in the ring if you are not one of the wrestlers, if you are not a referee, if you were not part of that event, if you were not part of wrestling, you stay out of the ring. Exactly. You know, but and yeah, it's that's, not just for your safety, it's for, you know, the other people involved, it's for their safety also. It's like, it's it's no different than a fan jumping in the ring during the match. It's like, you just don't do that. Right. And I've seen that happen too. I saw the guy who tried to be a fake referee back, I think it was around May or something like that. The guy, he jumped in the ring. He had on like a referee shirt. And he kind of like one, two, three. And I want to say it was a match either with Larry D or Wildcat Chris Harris was actually in the match when he did it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And 
it confused everybody because we looked around we're like okay i don't hear a bell oh they're beating the guy up oh he <laughs> And it's like, oh, this is not part of it. <laughs> this is not part of it. And this other wrestler named Andrew Reed, who's actually a heel, um, but actually a pretty nice guy, though. I've actually talked to him a few times, and I've, you know, I'm trying to figure out a good time to get him on the podcast as well. Um, but he was like, pop, pop, pop. I mean, he was just <laughs> laying in the guy. <laughs> and, you know, and that's when I posted that day on Facebook and Twitter, if you jump in the ring, you deserve whatever beat down you get. Yep. Absolutely. And the only reason people didn't get a beat down the other night is because the wrestling was actually over. But now, yeah, now David Taylor, he was going to probably give that guy a beat down if he gave him any more lip. Right. No, but yeah, and, and yeah, Selena Dean, she was about to jump in there too. I mean, and she may be small and, um, but yeah, she can, she has a very legitimate athletic background because I guess she actually was part of the wrestling team in high school. Oh, okay. You know, which was a rarity even, you know, cause she's not, she's in her twenties. I want to say like late twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to think she was probably in high school 10 years ago. I mean, and yeah, it was becoming more common, but it's still, you didn't see it a lot. A lot of women yeah. wrestling. Yeah. And yeah, so I mean, yeah, she's not a slouch. Um, and right at the time, her boyfriend who um, is Adam Swayze, you know, okay. He, yeah, he walked out, and he kind of was kind of looking at what's going on too, you know. But the t- but by the time he kind of got over there, everything had kind of been, you know, quashed. But, um, which by the way, you want to talk about a great heel? That dude, I actually told him that too, you know, right after all that. I, you know, when I shook his hand, first time I ever actually talking to him, I was like, dude, I said your heel work is some of the best I've ever seen. And he's like, oh, thank you. You know, that's very nice of you to say that. You know, and, um, you know, so like totally not like his character. Yeah. You no, know, um, and it kind of hit me while I was watching the match because I want to say I told this to Randy later on. I said he is patterning himself after the Miz. You know, because the Miz is kind of an A-list actor. Uh, you know, yeah. that's what and he uh, so I think he's he's kind of patterned himself after that. He even does some of the same moves. I said, but man, he's got that crowd just ready to come in there and just throw down because man he is good he is very good so but anyway so yeah that's how uh the matches went the other night you know i had a good time you know sounds, sounds like they were a great time yep um and so for the rest of this week and uh Dwayne, i'll actually let you give the announcement for tomorrow because we're actually going to do another show tomorrow yes we are we're gonna a, a friend of mine uh, Devin Graves is a uh, is a wrestler, and we're going to do an interview with him tomorrow. Yep, and he wrestles for the World Wrestling Alliance. Yes, World Wrestling Alliance. Yes. Yep. Out of uh, I think you said that most of them are out of Paris, Tennessee. Yeah, they do Paris. I think they're going to have a show um, coming up soon. I know they do like around in this area. They've gone to Eddyville, Kentucky and different places, but I know he wrestles a lot out of Paris, Tennessee. Okay. And I've actually seen his picture. He's a big dude. Yeah, he's a big guy. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm guessing he's not a cruiserweight. No. (laughs) Um, And, you know, when you said, you know, he's wrestling in Eddyville, the first thing I think of Eddyville is the prison. Yeah. I'm thinking, I wonder if they do matches like, 
exhibition matches inside the prison. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you know, hey, why not? You know what? Tully Blanchard has a prison ministry. That's true. So that's very true. But yeah, I am definitely looking forward to that. He already follows uh, the podcast Twitter, and as we were starting to record this, I sent him a friend request, and he has accepted it. Awesome. Facebook. Awesome. So. I will have to go through it and all the, the people I've actually added here lately on Facebook, I need to add them to the armchair booking um, Facebook page as well. Yeah. You know, as part of that. So, uh, but yeah, I do, this is wonderful. I mean, we're center growing this and we were just talking and, and we will not be recording this Thursday because uh, Dwaylon has a commitment that he has to get, has to tend to but we will be probably recording on Friday and that looks like that might possibly be another interview. I will uh, make sure that, you know, that should be a repeat guest. I'm trying to get Noah Gabriel back on the show. Uh, You actually, yeah, you weren't, um, that was Kyle who actually was the co-host then. So he did them, but, um, but yeah, so this would actually be your first time meeting Noah as well. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I've seen him now. I mean, I remember, when he was the, he was an announcer and, you know, he's a commentator and he was doing the interviews and everything else. And then all of a sudden he was a wrestler and I was like, Whoa. <laughs> and, yeah. And he is, dude, he has gotten so good. I mean, he really has, um, you know, a lot of good chain wrestling stuff. And, you know, I, and I'm looking forward to having him on there. Cause I mean, I think that his time in the wrestling business, uh, whether it, whether he stays as a wrestler or he goes more behind the scenes, you yeah, know, he's going to stick with it for a while, no matter what. And I and I can't see him not staying a wrestler. I mean, I was just saying, with the off chance of you know like him getting hurt or something, God forbid. Right. Right. You know, but I think he will always have a place in the wrestling business, no matter what. Cool. Yep. So, but uh, until then, you know, we will continue to keep on watching uh, the product as it's as it's happening because the news is just coming out just rapid fire. Yeah. I know, yeah. You've been sending me texts every day with stuff. I'm trying to send you stuff, but you find out before I do. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but, um, but until uh, tomorrow night, dude, I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting Devin and having this interview because th- this is actually something else. This is how we, we grow and, um, and hopefully, you know, we can help him as well. Yeah. Yep. So, but all right, Absolutely. dude, until, Until tomorrow, God bless. All right. God bless, man.